0: I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, the host with the mostest, and today my guest of honor is Rabia Kuhn, and here is a bit about Rabia. She was born and raised in Southern California, SoCal, y'all. She attended the University of California, San Diego, where she majored in political science and got minors in law and society and writing. She started out in customer service at proflowers.com and from there moved into operations and training. Since then, she has been a digital product manager, a project manager, and is now a marketing manager for a technology consultancy. She has worked and lived in San Diego, New York City, and Dallas. She now resides all across the pond, all the way in London, UK. In, in 2019, Rabia started her pursuit of startup of stand-up comedy, which has become a very serious hobby. She has performed in San Diego, Los Angeles, Oakland, Austin, and London. Currently, she can be found giggling a few times a week around London. She is also the host of More Than Work podcast. And without further ado, please welcome Rabia Kuhn to Gems podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Rabia. So today we're going to dive into changing careers and also how you came about stand-up comedy because everyone lo- loves to laugh and they say laughter is good for the soul. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: so, it is. So let's talk about your careers and what really led you to change careers because sometimes people get complacent in their career and they feel like, oh, I've done this for so long. Like if I leave now, like, I'm going to have to start all the way over when, in actuality, you may be at a job that is just sucking the life out of you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's kind of one that's very true about the sucking the job, sucking the life out of you. And so for me, um, you kind of went through my history there in my biography, but basically, I mean, when I was young, I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to go to law school and do that. And that was, that was to me success because I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's as much now, just because I'm not a kid now, but success was seen as being a doctor or a lawyer, right? Those were the two paths. If you were going to be successful, that's what you're doing. And so I thought I was going to be a lawyer, and it wasn't even family pressure. It was pressure I put on myself. And then I fell into IT basically because I started out uh, after college. I worked in HR, which I was not a good fit for, but I was just said yes to a assignment subbing for someone at, at the school. And then I worked a night job and an overnight job in a call center at Pro Flowers. But what I did and what I had done up till then was work really hard and get opportunities. And so like I went from housing and dining, like being a student manager in a cafeteria to working in the HR office for a few months, you know, covering maternity leave. And then at Pro Flowers, I worked really hard in the call center on overnight shifts where you didn't get that many calls. So I would ask for side projects to do. And then it became like, oh, Robbie, I could actually do, you know, another job. She could do operational work. That's where she's kind of geared. So then I did that. And that was the start of my career. And I went into this operations, like planning logistics, warehouse management side that I had never done. But the thing I, I was consistently doing was doing my best, asking a lot of questions. I think being curious, if I can tell anyone one thing, it's just be curious. And that means asking questions. That means when you aren't sure about something, you find out. And then you'll know, and then you'll be the one that can answer them later. But I just kind of did that. And so I went into operations. And then from there, I I had moved to New York and I lost my job. Like right when I got there, basically four months after I got there, I, the company decided to go a different direction and they had moved me out and I was just stuck. And so that was my first shift. I went into product management. I didn't even know what product management was, but I knew how to do QA testing. I had a mobile phone. So I got this job, like, basically trying to get this app live. I'd never worked on a mobile app before. And from there, I just became the product manager. And they're like, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. And then I figured out how to do it. And I got some education around that. And that was where my career changed. So I was a product manager for about eight years at that point, or maybe six. And then I became a project manager, which are very closely related. So it wasn't even a decision necessarily, but it was just being open and continuing to work hard and ask questions. And just showing I was capable of one thing. So people said, okay, then if she can do that, she can probably do this. And I think the most valuable thing we can all do is just show what we can do. Um, and so that's kind of what happened in my first shift. And my second shift was just recently, I became a marketing manager because again, I was showing that I could do all that in my personal life more with comedy and my podcast, but I also was very interested in the company and how the company's doing and And so an opportunity came up in a a marketing role, and I am able to pursue that, um, having proven myself at the company and been a valuable person at the company as a project manager for as long as I have for almost six years. So it's pretty cool. I've been very lucky, but I also think I've worked really hard for luck. I think we do have to work hard for good luck. I don't think it just comes to us.
0: I like that. And I like how you shifted each time because you went above and beyond your roles and responsibilities. You asked questions, you showed up, you were consistent, and the right people were looking at you, even though you may not have Thought they were observing you, they were behind the scenes. And then you fell into these positions. I also liked how you mentioned when you moved to New York, you had lost your job, but you didn't let the job loss hinder you. You pivoted from there and you tried something new, such as QA, which is quality assurance for those of you listening. And you dove into it and you learned what you needed to learn and you continued to add on to your skill set, which led you into. from product manager to program manager and then now um, as a marketing manager so you see that you're continuing to climb the ladder and branch outside but if you would have remain in a holding pattern and not gone above and beyond do you think you would have reached the level of success that you have currently
1: it's hard it's hard to say I think for me no because I find what I'm doing now, I'm, I feel like, I feel that what I'm doing now is most resonating with what I want to do. If I was going to say I was pursuing, pursuing my dreams, I wanted to be a writer. And so I didn't know what form that would come in. When I said I wanted to be a writer a long time ago and I didn't pursue it for many reasons, I thought that looked like publishing articles in, in the New Yorker or something or writing a screenplay. But now what it looks like is me really building our brand And getting the chance to write in a different way so it's like i don't think if i had just stayed complacent and just stayed in one role i would have the success i do now as defined now i would have different success probably like i would be the best longest lasting project manager somewhere or being in operations or something and and that could have been fine too but i think what happened when i left the job in california and moved to new york i was burnt out i and I, I, my self-worth was gone at that point because what I've seen happen to me and what I've seen happen to friends, and it could have happened to you too, Genesis, I don't know, is that I've seen people go from excited because they're at a new job and they are are ready to go to being at a job so long that they start to lose sight of who they are and their capabilities. And they start to go oh, I'm lucky to work here because I could never succeed anywhere else. And they don't see how they could apply for another job. They don't see how they could do another job. They just feel stuck. And then when you get like that, then if anything bad happens at work, it just kind of cascades into your entire life. And so I think when you get the chance to pursue things that you want, and then you can also outside of work pursue things that you decouple yourself from your self-worth being tied only to your job. And that definitely... I would say it was the case for me for about 15 years. I mean, I'm definitely on the other side of that now, more or less, it still creeps in because it was a habit that, that doesn't die hard, but that's where I was. So I would say my success, I might've been successful, but not the way I want to be, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I wanted to ask that question because I wanted people to know that sometimes you have to reflect on the different levels and the stages that you go through in life in order to really appreciate where you are now. And I have been there, um, Rabia, where I was working at a job and it was literally just sucking the life out of me. I wasn't happy and When I would pull up in the parking garage, I would roll my eyes because I know I didn't want to be there, but I knew the money was really good and it provided for my family. And coming from an industry such as oil and gas and living in Texas, you get paid extremely well. But then I had to have a hard conversation with myself as well as reach a realization and ask myself, how much are they paying me to sleep all my dreams? You spend the majority of your time at work um, more time with your coworkers than with you than with your family, and if you aren't happy, then it's time for you to make a change. And I liked how you said that your stand up comedy as well as your podcast gave them insight that you would be good at marketing. So whenever you were at work, did you talk about what you were doing outside of work with your coworkers, or how did they know you had you know a podcast or you were doing stand up comedy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky where I work that I have friends who are interested in what I'm doing and I'm interested in what they're doing. And so they knew about it. And then I just, I was, I'm hustling hard on social media, to be honest, as much as I want to decry social media as evil or something, it's also, it's a necessary evil and, and for all of us creators. And so I just put out content and my CEO was following it. And I get a little self-conscious when people at work and especially at that level are following what I'm doing, but it was also giving information like, Hey, Robbie is actually good at this. And well, it, did, it wasn't giving that information necessarily. I could have been bad at it, but I, I try really hard and, you know, I write blogs, not very often, but um enough where it was visible that what I'm doing. And I talk about charity work I do too, and stuff like that. And so I think just having created those online personas that I needed to for my efforts were seen. And I think a lot of times, well, one thing I just want to say, because you made me think of it is just that for me, it's important. I work somewhere where I can be my authentic self and I can bring who I am to work. And I feel like a lot of people don't get to do that. And I think that that's something for me, like if I look for another job, eventually that I will definitely have that as one of my things that is a requirement that I can be my authentic self because well actually even with stand-up like I was asked to perform at a company meeting one time and do a five-minute set for a holiday meeting and that was cool because it was honoring who I was outside of work as well and I appreciated that but yeah it was it was me talking about it but also people at work me working at a place where people are interested in the people beyond just us being workers so to speak
0: Mm, I like that. And um, you mentioned that your CEO was, um, is following your journey. So whenever you found out that your CEO followed your journey, um, did it scare you at first? Or did it um, take you back? Or what were your emotions whenever you stumbled across that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's for me, I think the tricky thing is I have certain, say, political views that might vary from other people. And You know, or just with comedy, you're posting things sometimes that maybe are funny but also a little bit edgy. I try not to do that anyway. Try not to have that be my brand. But I think and even like here, I'm talking about work, so I'll post this podcast later. Of course, I'm gonna share when you know this is live. Hey, check it out. I was on this podcast. But I guess it's just kind of if I'm living authentically, then I'm not that worried because I'm not gonna shock anyone about what I do. But yeah, it makes me nervous sometimes because if I'm gonna post certain things, I go, Well, I know this is something. Whether it's him or someone else doesn't agree with, but I think if you have people who respect you and your opinions and, you know, as long as they're not harmful opinions, you know, then I think um, it's okay, you know, we can all kind of meet in the middle on a lot of things, certain things I can't meet in the middle on, I'll tell you that, but most things I (laughs) can
0: I like that because I like that you are being your authentic self on the forefront as well as behind the scenes, because sometimes people are one way at work and then they're a different way at home because they feel like they can't bring their their whole self to work. But part of being authentic is knowing your core values and understanding your personal mission and purpose. So what are some of your core values, Rabia, and how do you use that in your personal as well as your professional life?
1: Oh, I love I love this question genesis because I worked really hard actually on my personal values in 2020. I mean, it was one thing I had time to reflect on more and really define. And so one of them is service. Absolutely. I I've lived much of my life trying to do th- things in service of others and I do that today. Even today I was at, at a call to possibly join a board uh for the first time and I just feel like what I've done with that value now is, because I do have some, I would say, personality traits I don't think are great, uh, and so I'm trying to work on those, but one thing I'm doing now is trying to ask, when someone has an idea, sometimes I would get defensive and think, well, I should have done that, or I had that idea too, or something, and I would take away from the fact that that was something to work on, and now to, part of my value of service is not only in community service and volunteerism, but also how can I be of service to this idea? I start asking that question because that's really what I want to do. Ultimately, it's not take credit or something like that. It's really just what, what can I do to serve you and help you? Um, curiosity is another one of my values. I used to think that was silly, but I do think just asking questions, especially in conflict, asking questions is really a good way to figure things out. And and it could be conflict with family or friends or with someone on Facebook comment section. Although I don't advise having conflict with those people and, you know, cause that gets you in a, in a place that your CEO will see you on Facebook trolling. But then, you know, um, those are my main ones. And I'd say like uh, relationships are another value of mine and really having quality connections with people. I don't like false connection. And I don't like just when people kind of are ticking off a list to call you or something, then it's like, I can't be bothered. I really like to have meaningful connections with people. And they could be temporary or, or they could be longer term or whatever but i try to be careful about who i hold space with who i bring into my space and who i whose space i i enter um, whether it's virtually or otherwise because it's really important to me
0: i like that so i heard service is number one then you also talked about curiosity not being afraid to ask those questions whether they're easy questions or hard questions And those questions lead into courageous conversations is what I like to call it, or those difficult conversations. Then relationships. And I'm a big um, component on relationships because I don't wanna just have surface relationships. I wanna actually have deep diving and deep sea relationships where I really connect to who you are at the core and how we can complement and collaborate to make both of our lives better. And whenever you look, for a new job. This also segues into changing careers. I always encourage people that your core values should be tied to um, where you choose to work because If your core values don't meet that employer's core values, then there's going to be a disconnect. And over time, you're going to get tired of that company and end up leaving, even though you're a really good fit for the position and you like it. You just feel like certain things are rubbing you the wrong way. So what are some of the core values that your current company has and what makes you stay there versus leaving and changing careers
1: again? Yeah. I mean, that's, and I actually did leave. So I did leave my company. I left my company I've been there 6 years but there was a 4 month gap about 3 years in that I left and it was because of how things were going in a certain way and also I got an opportunity for honestly for more money and um as as you mentioned with oil and gas I mean you know sometimes more money does not mean that it's going to be a better work life and it certainly wasn't there it was a nightmare so I came back but we just actually worked on our values this year we established new values and so I can tell you what they are just cuz I've been working on them but one of them is be curious but I'm not no one that happens to align with my core values, but it's a good one. And and for us at work, it means asking questions too. Like if you hear some weird information that doesn't make sense, ask about it. Don't go have a rumor mill and stuff like that. And then also be curious about client solutions. But it's also high quality work and professional and personal growth. And there's another one, and I should know because I'm just working on these. But those are some of the values. And the professional and personal growth, I think, really resonates with me because I'm constantly learning. I'm in school right now. I'm, I'm in a program, a public leadership credential program, and I'm learning about leadership and public policy because I want that to be a place I focus in nonprofit space eventually is on advocacy. And so it's easy for me to be there. Oh, and work-life balance. That's the other one. And, and that one resonates with me a lot because I was one of those people who was working, you know, 16 hours a day sometimes, things like that early in my career. And I had this attitude, I'll tell you what, for a while where people would complain about work. And I thought, well, I used to have to work like that. So just that's how it is. Suck it up. And I, I think I don't have that attitude anymore because I realized it wasn't right that I had to work like that. You know, just like the whole, like with mental health, for example, um, you'll see memes or something of people saying, well, when I was a kid, we just had to deal with it. We couldn't say we, we needed a mental health day. But you know what? That wasn't right. And there's progress now. And that's why people can have space to say they have anxiety or they have depression or they have to deal with something. And so same with the work, like just because I was working crazy hours, doesn't mean someone should now because it wasn't right then it was just exploitative, you know? So anyway, those are values, but, um, why I stay there because I'm one of the people who's able to work on communicating those. I'm very proud of them that, and then our CTO came up with them, but I'm really proud that we are starting to be a more values-based organization and, and those happen to be aligned with what I want and what I for me in my life.
0: And I'm glad that your values align with your company's values because you have something in common and it's going to make you happy. And I like the fact that you talked about progress. I'd rather have progression over perfection because as long as you're making progress, then you could perfect things later on down life. But if you're solely focusing on perfection over progression, then you could drive yourself crazy and hit burnout a lot sooner because you don't have that balance. And you are so busy trying to drill down that you are missing some key components that could really take you a lot further um, versus faster. And then, uh, Rabia, one thing that I would like to challenge you on, since you do have your own podcast as well, is to maybe interview your CEO and ask him about his career um, changes and what led him to working with this company and what does he forecast for the future. I also want to kind of dive in um, about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because I think that's also important whenever we look at careers from a holistic approach.
1: You just want me to talk about it. Sorry.
0: Uh, so whenever you think about it from a holistic approach, how does DEI and B resonate with you? And what are some of the things that you're doing in your personal space, as well as seeing in a professional space, to make sure that everyone um, has a chance to be diverse, inclusive, there's equitable, as well as equality, and there is a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's interesting. So, in my role now in in marketing one thing is employee communication. That's one, one thing I'm responsible for. And so I can give you an example because we have, so our company is like 30% in the U S 30% in Argentina and then the rest are all over. And there tend to be more women in the project manager roles, but not in the development roles, technology roles, which happens, but we just, we have been trying to hire when we hire, I mean, we consider everyone and, I actually just did a hiring practice. So I'll talk about two things. One is, as far as the company goes, we have a a meeting every other week. And so it was really just three people talking for as long as I remember. So now we have employee presentations, we have employees speaking. And so we're trying to make it more employee led in a way in certain aspects. And that was, I will say that was an idea I had that our CEO is amazing. And so he's been really receptive to these ideas and these ideas of inclusion. And he now thinks about too, and I don't know, I mean, he probably was before, I just didn't ever talk to him on that level, but thinks about inclusion and including more voices. And when we do our company meeting coming up, we're talking about how to include activities from the different cultures. I have a colleague right now who's looking into communication styles of different cultures. So what we're doing is we're learning. And I think that's important because these things don't get fixed. And there is a problem. So I'm gonna say, first of all, there's a problem with um, diet, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, for sure. I don't know where there isn't one. But I think learning, especially when, you know, I'm the white person in the room. I'll I'll say that, right? It's not like I'm the one who's experiencing certain things. I'm not. And so I have to to go and get information and find out. And my job is not to ask the person of color in the room, oh, what is that you're experiencing so that I can tell me so that I can fix it. That's not how it is. I'm not going to fix it. And I don't need them to tell me what I need to do is do some real thoughtful research and really thoughtfully look at the organization and look at what's going on in it. And I can identify that. So we're doing things like that, which I think are good. I just did a hiring process and I learned in my, in my public leadership course about bias. And so what I did, I tried to remove all bias from the process. I created a pointing system for what was on people's resume. So like these keywords up here, they get points for that. I didn't look at names. I didn't look at where they're from, all that stuff. It was just purely points. It was really hard to do, but I did it. And it took a lot more work, but what was good about that was I felt like we had a fair process where I wasn't just looking at someone's name. And it's funny, Genesis, like in the U S we're not used to this, where people put their religion, they put how many kids, they put their marital status, they put their picture on their CVs in Europe. And like, all over, they're putting this stuff. Which, if we ask that in the states, you're going to get not arrested, but you're going to get like sued or something. And they're so I I try to debias it, and I then let people know here's how I did it. And um, it was a really good process to go through. I think the thing people don't maybe realize is doing these efforts, it is work, but the payoff is that people are now represented in different spaces, and you're going to learn from people. The more people you talk to, the more voices in the room the more you're going to learn. And, you know, I can say as a woman in technology, I've been definitely like in the minority in that, but then it goes further. And so I have my experiences as a woman, but then I I need to look and acknowledge other's experiences. So it's not perfect, but there's an effort being made that I didn't see before. And I'm really grateful to be part of that organization doing that.
0: And I like um, how you mentioned going through that exercise that you did where you're looking at points for the resumes because a lot of people aren't doing that. So you're already removing unconscious biases And that is a way to bridge as well as connect the dots with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because you are stripping away factors that would normally single somebody out based on their name, their religion, their geographic location, and et cetera. I also like to hear that you guys are doing the work, because as long as you're doing the work, you're saying, I know it's not perfect, but we're making um, progress, you're removing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging from being just a check the box that so many organizations are following to show their shareholders and those who um, are looking at them, whether they're seeking employment or not, um, as, oh, they're just meeting they're meeting the metrics when in actuality, they're not going beyond the surface level. And if you never go beyond the surface level, then you aren't really creating a space that warrants um that everyone is going to feel comfortable, as well as have that retention there. And this is a big area that is going to take a lot of work. We're making progress, but we're not all the way there yet. But just having these candid conversations and talking about it, as well as highlighting different career changes and expertise is definitely going to help somebody, you know, make their trek a lot further versus you know doing it alone with no guidance or etc so as we begin to wind down Rabia what advice would you give someone who is interested in changing their career
1: I would say the first thing to do is to be open to the idea that it can happen because the whole idea of limiting yourself to well I want to do something else but I know I can't or, but I'm stuck here. I think you already are writing that part of your story and you, and you deserve a better story. And then I would say what I did to decide on school. And it's the same thing though, is go and find someone doing that job that you can talk to about it. And even find a hiring manager and just say, what are you looking for in someone who wants to change a career? But people will are willing to talk. Like you probably go on LinkedIn. You probably have a friend who knows someone, or if you have a friend who's at a cool company, say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is there someone at your company I could talk to? I did that recently. My buddy uh, was talking about his corporate culture was great. And I said, can I talk to your culture person who runs that? And that lady wanted to talk and she and she had a lot to say. And so it was good. So I think for to me, it's like, figure out someone you can talk to, figure out what you need to do. Do you need education? Do you need experience in something? You can get all those things. There are free classes online that you can just not get the certificate and not pay like the 50 bucks or you can pay for it, but get information and then start to plan. I'm here and I want to be at point B. How do I get to point B and just start charting that and and know it could take time. It could take a year or it could just be maybe having that conversation. They're like, you know what? We could actually use someone doing that now and you seem cool. Let's talk. But I, that's what I would do. And that's what I have done. That's what I did to make a decision on school.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And that's a part of your core value right there, being curious and um, asking those questions. And what is your call to action, Rabia?
1: For that I'm going to do, sorry.
0: That you're going to do and that you want the listeners as well as the viewers to get out of this segment. Cool. Sorry about that. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my call to action to people and something I, I need to work on myself too is... Just to sometimes I have a bad attitude, like even though I'm not doing that here, because that's not the point, unless you wanted me to talk about my attitude. But I think sometimes I'll feel down because I'll feel like I'm not where I should be. And so what I do in those cases is I think, okay, I'm where I'm at. And I look at that and I accept where I'm at. And then I say, where do I want to be? And then I start thinking about what I need to do to get there. And I don't punish myself for not being there yet. And I think that's what a lot of people do. So my call to action to people is next time you're feeling that way, like I'm not where I should be, then at, then take stock of where you are, celebrate those wins. Cause you did something to get there, wherever it is. And then start thinking about if I want to be in that other place still, after I did that work with myself, how do I get there and start making that plan and start working towards it? But don't just don't beat yourself up anymore. That's the, that's the CTA.
0: Beautifully said. So definitely give yourself grace and mercy and take actions today to secure a better future because you can't really reap a harvest if you never sow those seeds. And Rabia, how can the listeners and viewers connect with you on social media and plug your website?
1: Okay, Yeah, thanks for asking. So my podcast is called More Than Work Podcast. It's a purple logo. So it's at more than work pod on all the socials. And then if you like comedy, it's a Comedy on all the socials. And my website is rabiasaid.com. So that's R-A-B-I-A-H-S-A-I-D.com. And yeah, and you can find me all over the place. I'm pretty easy to search.
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Robbie Akun here, and we talked about career change, her walking into stand-up comedy, and really tapping into her authentic self so she can live life on her terms and not in the shadows of somebody else. I encourage you to think about where you are currently in your life. Make that leap and take that jump because your journey is right on the other side, but you have to start by looking within in order to materialize what you want to have externally. You are your biggest assets and no one can define you. So rise above those limitations and break down barriers because the world needs you to be authentically you and show up. Until we chat next time, peace, love, love and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Subscribe to the podcast. It can be found on all major platforms and follow us on YouTube for the video content. And that's GEMS with Genesis Mars Kent. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.